It's a big day for Kenya with its CBR announcement and also other half of Kenya's gross domestic product was transacted via mobile money. We also review Africa's cybersecurity vulnerabilities. This and more in this episode. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial. The COVID-19 pandemic has accelerated digitalization around the world. But as life has shifted increasingly online, cybercriminals have exploited the opportunity to attack vital digital infrastructure. In Africa, many countries have seen a rise in reports of digital threats and malicious cyber activities. The results include sabotaged public infrastructure, losses from digital fraud and illicit financial flows and national security breaches involving espionage and intelligence theft by militant groups. In early October 2020, Uganda's telecoms and banking sectors were plunged into a crisis due to a major hack that compromised the country's mobile money network, usage of which has significantly increased during the pandemic. At least $3.2 million is estimated to have been lost in that incident. In June of 2021, the second largest hospital operator in South Africa was hit by a cyber attack in the midst of the COVID-19 outbreak, paralyzing 6,500 bed private healthcare provider, forcing them to switch manual backup systems. Today, we are joined by Dennis Kahindi, the Chief Executive Officer of Liquid Intelligence Technologies, who expounds on the cybersecurity vulnerabilities in Africa. Why is cybersecurity such a big conversation in Africa right now? Cybersecurity is such an important conversation right now because of the sheer amount of risk and money uh, that, uh, that goes with it. Every single organization and every single individual right now has tremendous access to internet services. Now, tremendous access to internet services offers tremendous vulnerability for everyone who has access to those services. And whoever has uh, that vulnerability needs to be managed. Now, because of the COVID situation, you realize that at one point, 100% of our workforces were working from home. If they were working from home, they're largely doing it via the internet. If they are doing it via the internet, they're either doing it directly via the internet or via VPNs, which means organizations don't have full control to the access uh, to some of their services. And that's why this conversation is very, very important now. It has never been more important than during this COVID situation. Globally, how much are we losing to cyber attacks? Every single minute that passes, the world, uh, globally, yeah, 11.4 million US dollars is being lost for every single minute via cybersecurity. And guess what? What that means is every single minute there are probably millions of attacks on millions of devices. And some of them are very, very successful. And when those successful ones happen, that's where that loss happens. $11.4 million looks like a lot of money. But if you look at the exposure of the entire world, that is just a small percentage. But it's that risk and that hunger because people realize that there is money to be stolen uh, for them to be made if they continue to successfully hack certain systems. We've seen uh, even local banks here, uh, some of them have had breaches on their systems. We've seen local telecoms having breaches to their systems. Now, all this combined with the entire global number, that's where that statistic comes from. Africa is the least hacked continent. Will we see this change with the digitization drive? It's not an African problem. Cybersecurity is not an African problem. Probably, uh, I do not have the statistics to it, but probably Africa is the least 
pact of, uh, of all the continents. Uh, reason why, uh, largely because we've not we've not integrated the utilization of uh, internet services in almost everything that we do. But the faster we move into that space, the quicker the attacks will be on uh, the cybersecurity attacks will be. So the more connected we are, the more prone we are to cybersecurity, unfortunately. Because of the very nature of how we operate now, we are vulnerable to cyber attacks. Every single one of us, from the child who has access to your Netflix account, to you who has access to business, uh, business servers, to banks which have access to customer data, what are the sectors that are currently more prone to cyber attacks? For, for, for very obvious reasons, the banking sector is the most vulnerable. Uh, but also the banking sector is probably the most ready uh, when it comes to cyber resilience because they know they're the most vulnerable um, for very obvious reasons. I mean, they are dealing with money and uh, whoever is dealing with money is very, very prone to attack. And that, uh, when I talk about the banking sector, I'm talking about fintech and mainstream banking. Mobile telecom companies, which have trillions of Uganda shillings, for instance, in the case of Uganda, would be prone to attack. Why? Because of that, that access, people want access to that money. The banks, because they hold trillions of uh, depositors' income, they also have uh, they also have that exposure. So those two sectors would be the most vulnerable, but most vulnerable because that's where the money is. But everybody is vulnerable. Everybody is vulnerable when it comes to cybersecurity because everybody has a piece of information that is potentially very costly if it went out. I do not want anyone to have access to my bank account details, for instance. They do, and then I will potentially lose money. Those bank account details are probably on the internet somewhere, uh, but in a place where, which I think is very, very secure. Someone has access to them, I'm gone. Yeah, and uh, and that's really that's the reason why. Uh, so when you talk sectors, I would say the fintech and the banking sector would be probably the most vulnerable. But beyond that, uh, every single one of us is really very vulnerable. In a previous cybersecurity report on Africa by Kipaski, education was the second most hacked sector on the continent. Can you expound on why? Top of mind. Uh, Again, it's the information, uh, it's the information. With COVID coming in, information became a very pricey, uh, a very pricey commodity. And because it was very, very pricey, we tagged the price to it. And because we tagged the price to it, most people are not ready to pay that price to it. And when people are not ready to pay a price, that's the thing, the next option is to hack the available system uh, to get into this. But also, the education sector is one of those uh, landscapes where uh, we experiment a lot. And some of the attacks that are, happen, are happening are not malicious attacks, they're experimental attacks. And then, based on the numbers, the attacks that are happening for educational purposes very easily, uh, very easily probably tell you to the malicious attacks. That was Dennis Kahindi, Chief Executive Officer of Liquid Intelligent Technologies. And a quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The Democratic Republic of Congo has officially joined the East African community in a bid to boost its trade. 
social cohesion and security. The DRC is the largest and most populous country to join the EAC, bringing a market of 90 million people and immediately upgrading the region's GDP from $193 billion to $240 billion. Despite sharing borders with five ESC members, the East African Business Council reports that trade between the DRC and its members has been surprisingly low. Over the last seven years, the proportion of ESC exports to DRC has averaged only 13.5%. DRC's top importers are currently China, South Africa and Zambia. But now... Business and trading opportunities could grow in the region. Known for its minerals, holding 60% of world's coltan with abundant reserves of copper, diamond and tin, DRC is a magnet for investment. And in Kenya, over half of Kenya's gross domestic product was transacted via mobile money in three months to December last year, illustrating the growing reliance on a cashless system. According to the sector statistical report for quarter 2 2021 by the Communications Authority of Kenya a transaction a transaction of value of 5.5 trillion Kenya shillings was channeled via mobile money in just 3 months this is way above half of Kenya's GDP estimated at 10.7 trillion shillings in the latest economic survey by the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics data shows the value of business to business transactions grew to 2.1 trillion Kenya shillings during the period under review compared to 1.96 trillion shillings moved in the first quarter the amount of money transferred by customers to businesses also grew to 1.3 trillion shillings compared to 1.1 trillion in the previous quarter. People-to-people mobile transactions in the three months crossed the 1 trillion mark for the first time to close at 1.12 trillion Kenya shillings compared to 912 billion Kenya shillings transacted in quarter one. A majority of these transactions happened on M-Pesa, which accounted for 98.8% of the total market share, while Airtel Money and T-Cash recorded market shares of 1.1% and 0.05%, respectively. Staying with Kenya, the Central Bank of Kenya has retained the base lending rate at 7%, an average that now runs into its second year. The bank's Monetary Policy Committee met on Tuesday against a backdrop of changed global outlook with heightened geopolitical tensions, volatile commodity prices and the COVID-19 pandemic and measures taken by authorities around the world. However, the retention comes at a time when the Central Bank of Kenya has started clearing banks to reintroduce risk-based lending. Equity Bank has since applied for this and has been cleared. Under the chairmanship of Governor Patrick Njoroge, the committee noted that overall inflation declined to 5.1% in February 2022 from 5.4% in January, mainly due to lower fuel and food prices. It's expected to remain within the target range in the near term, that is 2.5% to 7.5%. The committee have noted and increased risk of inflationary pressures arising from global uncertainties. The global economic outlook remains uncertain, reflecting the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict that started at the end of February. Leading indicators, however, point to a strong performance of the Kenyan economy in the first quarter of 2022, supported by robust activity in construction, information and communication, wholesale and retail trade, transport and storage, and also manufacturing. 
and a quick look at the market. The South African stocks ended the day at a near one-week high. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index closed 0.8% up at 74,776, its highest since March 23rd, lifted by tech stocks and banks. At the same time, investors remained focused on developments on Russia's invasion of Ukraine, with Ukrainian and Russian negotiators reporting some progress during talks held in Istanbul. Meanwhile, the prospect of additional supply chain disruption stemming from COVID-19 in the world's second largest economy and recession risks in the U.S. limited further gains. On the domestic data front, South Africa's unemployment rate hit a new record high of 35.3% in the fourth quarter of 2021, mainly due to job losses in manufacturing and construction. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, thatisthekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial.